What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 144. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics as well as vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is truly a lifestyle. It's so much more than food. Be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and YouTube. My handles on both of those platforms is Brown Vegan. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. If you celebrate the holidays, happy holidays to you and your family. I'm just like, I can't believe this year went so fast. I felt like 2020 just dragged, but a blink of an eye is just gone. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to having another year with you guys with this podcast, growing this show, bringing more guests on here, meeting more people. Before we get into the conversation, I want to thank everybody who has already left a review on iTunes. I keep calling it iTunes. It's actually now Apple Podcasts. All of the people who have left a review, thank you so much in the past. I was looking at reviews last week and I was like, oh my goodness, so many. And I really, really appreciate that. For this week, I want to read one of the reviews. This review is from Old Man Beans. He said his title is Love It. I feel like there was a clear point when this podcast got very vulnerable and honest, and I think that it got so much better. It was already great. An authentic view of veganism. Thank you so much, old man beans, for leaving your review of the show. If you are enjoying this podcast, please, if you aren't listening on your iPhone, search Brown Vegan. Tap on the right-hand corner to follow the show and then leave a five-star review. It allows us to continue to grow the show, get more listeners, all of that good stuff. And I really, really appreciate it. It's just a free way to support the show. So please leave a review. Once you tap for five stars, you can scroll down a little bit and they give you an option to write a review. So if you would like to hear your review on the show in a future episode, be sure to actually write one out and I'll be happy to share. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. So I have another conversation for you. I have Melissa on the show. She is from choosingyourhealth.com as well as YouTube channel and Instagram. And my conversation with Melissa, we talk about all of the things. I love it because there was so much goodness in this conversation, so many gems that were dropped. She talked about how she, you know, struggled with her health in her childhood and her young adulthood and how she used plants to help heal herself, how she went from just basically eating anything as a vegan you know, because technically Fritos are vegan. <laughs> and sometimes I know some vegans who don't eat any vegetables. That's a pot. You could possibly do that. So she went from, you know, not really eating the most healthy to eating whole ingredients, whole foods, plant based. We talk about how she made that transition as well as growing her own food with her family. We chatted also about how to eat well and add variety to your life and how to actually figure out what type of plant-based or vegan lifestyle that fits for you, because this is not one size fits all. You know, there's so many different ways you can do this and how to feel confident about doing that. Also, in this conversation, we talk about how Mylissa 
had three plant-based pregnancies, how she was able to get her spouse to join in with her and deciding to raise plant-based children and having that extended family support and how important that is. Because you guys know I love behind the scenes of how people do things, we also chat about her YouTube channel as far as equipment, how she's able to get quality productions and scripting videos and all of the things that I like to talk about. And I know some of you like that as well. As always, all of the show notes and everything that we mentioned in this episode can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 144. And yes, make sure that you also follow Melissa on Instagram, YouTube, and check out her website. It is choosingmyhealth.com. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. It all started as a kid. I had a really, like a really sick childhood. I had chronic asthma. I had psoriasis, the type that would cause me to scratch until I bled. Really embarrassing. I had severe constipation. And then as a teen, unfortunately, I developed embarrassing cystic acne, which also bled. I was borderline anemic. I had extreme fatigue. I was just an accident waiting to happen with the way my life was, was going. And so uh, I had a really interesting experience on Thanksgiving Day around the age of 16 or 17. My sister was preparing a turkey for Thanksgiving and she sliced that thing open. And when she opened the turkey, there was this huge, transparent, worm-looking thing. It was actually a parasite. It had a lot of legs. And at that point, I was like, "Mm, I'm ditching meat. I'm going vegetarian. And I went cold turkey vegetarian at that at that moment. No pun intended, right? Oh, and yeah. <laughs> right. So I mean, if it's, it's one time to do it. That would be the time when you see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I was like, you know, meat is not safe. And I was thinking that's myself. But, you know, I didn't really have a conviction. So I kind of yo-yoed my way through vegetarianism. So I was like a vegetarian. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to meat. And then I was a vegetarian. And then I went back to meat, etc. Finally went to college. And there I kind of studied and learned more about veganism in a class I had called Health Principles, which kind of like broke down the importance of keeping your body, your temple clean and and, and healthy and whatnot. And at that moment, I thought, you know, I think I want to be a vegan and maybe it will help me ditch my nebulizer and, you know, my inhaler. Well, girl, it did. And at that moment, I knew. And, and, and I started using the bathroom regularly. Amen, somebody. So, oh, wow. Re- yeah. So you were constipated so, too? Goodness, you yeah. had so much going on. I, I did. And veganism really changed my life. But something happened. In grad school, I got sick. Now, this time was not a joke. I was really sick. Around this time, I was working full-time. I was a full-time student. I was planning a wedding. I wasn't sleeping. My hair was falling out. Mm. And, you know, that's hard for a sister. And I fell into a, for anyone really, and I fell into a rather dark place trying to keep it together. And, you know, we all, we've all been in those really dark places. And that was like a dark rock bottom for me. And honestly, Monique, I woke up one morning and I didn't feel right. And I was like, I need to go, I need to go to the doctor. And I need to see what's going on in my body because even though I was a vegan, I wasn't healthy. See what I mean? I was Mm -hmm. still binging on tons of processed food. I was eating tons of white bread, sugar-filled foods, et cetera. I was just kind of just doing anything, you know, in the name of veganism. Oh, you know, it doesn't have this, so I'm going to eat it. Oh, it doesn't have this, I'm going to eat it. But I wasn't healthy. 
And I walked into that doctor's office, got my blood drawn, and the report came back. I had leukemia-like indicators. And I was on my road to have leukemia. At that moment, I knew I was an accident waiting to happen. I knew that if I did not change my lifestyle at that point, I was going to be another story about a girl that got sick and ended up with X, Y, and Z disease. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I said, I need to do something that is not going to just be in the name of not eating meat, but I need to find a way to heal my body once and for all. And that's where I learned more about the whole food plant-based diet. And it's just been an amazing journey since. My acne officially went away when I did that. I had so much more energy. My hair grew like Rapunzel. And what's most exciting, Monique, is that I no longer had leukemia indicators running through my blood after that. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started as a vegan and then went whole food plant-based. And it's just been an incredible experience since. Wow. 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 So you think at the time, because you were eating so much processed foods and then you went ahead and incorporate more whole ingredients, more plants. So what does that mean to someone who is listening? Because I have like a mixture of people that listen to the show, people who don't know anything about veganism, people who are vegan, people who are kind of back and forth with it. When you talk about some, as far as your lifestyle being whole foods, whole food, plant-based, mm-hmm. plant-based, exactly. What does that mean for you? So a whole food plant-based diet focuses on foods primarily from plants. So you're looking at veggies, fruit, tubers. So you're thinking about like yucca or like carrots even. That's a tuber. Whole grains, legumes, nuts, and seeds. And it avoids animal source foods, right? And it sticks to foods as close to nature as possible. So like from the earth, if you can get it from the earth. So it's very Mm -hmm. similar to a vegan diet in that it avoids animal foods. But it takes it a step further, Monique, and it does little to no processed food. So no oil, no sugar, et cetera. Now, some people are both vegan because they avoid like all animal source foods and plant based because they eat plant source foods and stick to Mm -hmm. as close to nature as possible. So that's kind of technical, but there's a whole lot more in common than what separates the two. And I kind of see it as a progression toward better health. And at that point in my life, when I was sick, I knew that I needed to take it a step further. And this is what I found to help me. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite dishes? Like, what do you find that you're gravitating to the most these days? Mm, Girl, I'm loving some lentil soup right now. The weather's a little chilly. And some, some lentil soup with some good cumin in there, some ginger, girl. I love my coconut milk too. Coconut milk, vegetable broth. I I know that tastes good. I'm really loving some lentil soup. You know, a dish that I love, my mother's from the Dominican Republic. My dad's African-American. And I'm so excited about that life, (laughs) that life because I have had the best of both worlds. And one of the dishes my mom makes often or made a lot growing up is something called mangu. And it's green plantain. That's it's really simple. It's green plantain that's been boiled and mashed with sauteed red onion and sometimes some garlic in there, some lime. And you mash that really well with a nice sauce with some avocado on the side. It sounds simple, but honey, it tastes so good. And I'm really loving that right now, too. I'm all I'm I'm, I'm a smoothie girl like forever and a day like (laughs) smoothies. So those are things that I'm really liking right now. 
Yeah. When you talk about the having the best of both worlds, let's talk about some of the foods that you enjoy eating, other foods that you enjoy eating growing up and like how that was, because I know that you started to make the transition. It sounds like in a teenage years because yes. of your health issues, but how right. was it as far was your a standard American diet? Like most of us growing up, how did that look for you? Yeah, I, I think there were some standards in there. Well, I ate a lot of meat growing up, a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you're from a black household, whether you're from a Caribbean household, you know, meat is in just every culture. And we did a lot of it. But we also did a lot of of uh, vegetables. And I think that later helped me to appreciate the lifestyle that I now have. My mother often made a lot of cabbage salads. And I think that's kind of odd because I don't know, like I just, it's funny because I actually like cabbage now. And I think a lot of it had to do with the cabbage I had when I was younger, if that makes sense. So I had a lot of cabbage, a lot of vegetables. I just, I don't know why cabbage always comes to my mind when I think of my childhood. (laughs) We did a lot of pizza when we went out, but then my mom would always have that Caesar salad at the side too. So I was able to appreciate Caesar salad. And then when we would take trips to the Dominican Republic, it was a lot of plantains and a lot of root fruit. So you're thinking, you're looking at yuca, you're looking at batata, which is like a sweet potato that's like purple on the outside and white on the inside. It's really good. Yeah. So just a lot of root foods, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of fruit too. I had a lot of fruit growing up. And I, I later realized that when I became plant-based that, you know what? I actually had a lot of these foods growing up, even though I had the meat, even though I had the cheese, there were also other things that I was able to appreciate then and I appreciate now. Yep. The same thing for me as well. Oh, yeah. I had grew up with a standard American diet. We had a lot of meat, but my dad was always very, very intentional about making sure that we had greens and just a lot of fresh food on our plate as well. He mm-hmm. always, no matter where we lived, he always grew vegetables and fruit for us and things like that. So I, I agree. That's, I think I've always as far as I can remember, always enjoyed fruits and vegetables because of that. So it's no no surprise that I ended up here, despite the fact that I grew up with a standard American diet. But yeah, um, definitely. I've seen some of your posts from your your dad's garden. Yeah. And I'm like, if you grew up like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you oh, know, like, <laughs> so when I was younger, it wasn't that big. It's kind of, it's, his garden is really big now. But when I was amazing. a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, it would just be like a little, little corner in that whatever yard we lived in. We'll have watermelons and cucumbers and peppers and things like that. And, and now, girl, he got everything. <laughs> so so do, do you grow? Do you do you have a garden? Do you grow? Or? No, I got a brown thumb. No, um, <laughs> I, have, I have never been interested in growing anything. However, I love going in his backyard, and I do. I will say this: I grow um, herbs, though. Like I'll do like sprouts oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I'll do that on my countertop. I'll do basil. Okay, so you do. That's good. I love something. Something. What about you? Have you ever ha- dabbled into it? Yeah, girl. We have a little little garden right now. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Okay, tell us about it. Yes, I have. And and that's a great way to incorporate more whole foods into your diet is to have a little garden or to have some type of like some pot in the house that has some type of herbs or even sprouts. But we have a garden and it's so nice because we started off with herbs, which is pretty easy, I think, if you're starting off. And now- Now that planter has, at the moment, I can almost see it from where I'm sitting at the moment. We have 
lemon balm in there. We have thyme and spearmint, mint, basil, tarragon, oregano. It served us so well and it's taken my dishes to the next level. And on the other side of the garden, we just harvested some purple sweet potatoes. Mm. And we got such a big crop this time. I'm just so excited about them. They're right now outside. And soon I'm going to just wash them off and just, you know, process them. But yeah, we we do a little something. When we first started off, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big something. It was just more like, oh, my plant died again. My plant died again. Mm-hmm. But with more practice, it got easier. And the nice thing about it is that the kids join us now. So hopefully they can appreciate that when they're older. They will. Absolutely. Because I do. Like when I was younger, I took advantage. You know, I never really, it's not that I took advantage of, I just never really thought about it because I was just, I grew up in it. So I just kind of thought everyone else did it. I don't know if I even thought about it. (laughs) And as an adult, when I had my own children, I was like, wow, that's so cool that, you know, appreciate it. Also, this is, that's the way that my dad shows love. And I appreciate it so much more. Yeah. I appreciate it so much more because I can go over now it's getting cold, but during the summertime, I just loved going over. We would talk and we would just pick things and he would show me different things. And I just like, really appreciate it. that's the way that you spend time with him because <laughs> yes. my dad is not like a huge talker he's like chilling he's one of those people that's just like chilling he's listening mostly but if you really want to know what he's thinking you go yeah, out the garden, go he'll stop the garden. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I absolutely love it and I really they will appreciate it because I know I do and as, a, as an adult it's just like I feel so connected to him in that way oh that's beautiful Yes. So outside of incorporating more whole foods, plant-based dishes, I think that's a great way, like you said, with the herbs and things like that. What Mm -hmm. other tips do you have for people who are looking to eat, just eat better overall, you know, vegan or not? What are some good tips that you have for for those folks that are listening? Yes. You know, a good tip is something I call the rainbow hack. If you want to introduce more, you know, whole foods into your diet or just eat more you know, whole foods, think of the rainbow. So when you go to the store, try to buy, go to the produce section, right? Obviously, but try to buy foods that you wouldn't normally eat that are colorful. So go to, you know, so if you see something red, pick up something from the red section that you've never had, you know, something purple, you see something like an eggplant, you're like, I don't usually egg you know, eat eggplant, pick that up. And eventually, you know, just do all the colors and start to incorporate more of those colors throughout the week. Another thing you could do is just have a, a, a checklist of, of whole foods on your refrigerator and decide to maybe, you know, pick away at maybe two or three each week by going to the grocery store and picking those up. Another thing you could do is if you're not a big like fruit or veggie person, you could maybe incorporate some good smoothies throughout the week. I know that's mm-hmm. one thing that really helped me. It was just like, it wasn't intimidating. I knew that I could enjoy it and it could taste good, especially when you mix it with some really tasty fruit and, you know, maybe throw in some kale there. You know, if you have to close your eyes and throw it in and, and blend it up, <laughs> trust, you won't even taste it. But those are three ways, the, ra- the rainbow way and then, the, you know, the little checklist and of course those smoothies. Smoothies are a really good idea because mm-hmm. I think that if you're especially, the thing is a lot of people probably, especially if you're not vegan or vegan too, 
they don't even realize that they're not eating greens. And the time that I notice that people don't eat greens is around this time of year, around Thanksgiving time, yeah. when you go to the grocery store and you're like, where are all the greens at? Stuff that you buy all the time <laughs> is because everybody's buying them for, for Thanksgiving. And I, I always feel like I realize that's when people, dang, people really don't eat that many greens. They don't eat as much as they should. So right. I think that's a perfect way to incorporate definitely more plants. And like you said, you know, going to the store, trying new fruits and vegetables, that can be intimidating for a lot of people, especially if you're someone who doesn't cook a lot. It's so true. do you have any suggestions about how to get more confident about incorporating something that you've never choose, that you never did before? Because I know for me in the beginning, that was intimidating. So like, yeah. do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you a story. So I went to the store and I saw this fruit and they're called ramatons. They're beautiful. They're from Southeast, you know, Southeast Asia. But I won't even lie. When you look at it hard enough, it looks, it looks, a, it's a little hairy, a little spiky, a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, something in me wanted to pick it up. So I picked it up and I brought it home and my husband looked at it, my children looked at it and they're like, mm, like, I'm not too sure I want to eat that. And I was like, you guys try it at least, just try at least one bite. And that's what I would suggest to someone who's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. Try, give it at least one bite, one bite. Okay. Whether that's you try to attempt to make the meal, whether that's you go out and you, you know, you just eat one bite of something or you're just saying, okay, for this month, I'm going to at least order one meal that's out of my comfort zone. You know, back to the story, when they had that one bite, they were, they fell in love. They were like, oh my, I can hardly believe I almost passed this up. And now we have that thing on repeat all the time. You just nice. never know. You might fall in love with it, you know? So give it at least one try. And if you if you give it one try and you realize that you don't like it, it's okay. No one's forcing you to finish it up, you know, pack it away, give it to someone else, do whatever you got to do. Don't throw it away if you can, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give it at least one bite and, and that's going to open up a door to something else, but you'll never know unless you try. Definitely. Yeah. You also got me thinking about just like the importance of, I know we talked about this before, about the importance of doing what works best for you in this lifestyle, how it's not necessarily a one size fits all. And I truly believe that for myself. And then even when I tell other people this as well. So what does that mean to you as far as figuring out what works best for you? Because even though you started off and you've you know, you were kind of more of a junk food vegan and now you have leaned more into like the whole ingredients, the whole yes. food. What, do, what right. does that mean to you as far as figuring out how this should look for you and your family or not even you, but just in general, like how people should determine that? Yeah, I think you said it. One size doesn't fit all. And you need to do what's best for you. You know, if I'm in my 80s with osteoporosis, I'm going to eat differently than a seven-year-old who's growing up on some soccer team. You know, I'm going to, you know, that child may be grown, you know, eating for growth, whereas a person with osteoporosis may be eating for healing. So there's, there's, there's a difference in that you're going to eat to what, to what you need. And I think in this culture where we have Instagram and we have YouTube and stuff, sometimes we feel like we have to do everything that someone else is doing. 
instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to eat for me and I'm going to do me. You know, there was a time, Monique, when I would compare my plate to a lot of others, the other plates. I would scroll through Instagram and being like, you know, be like, I'm not a true vegan or I'm not a true whole food plant based person because my plate doesn't look like that. When in reality, mm-hmm. my plate had the same amount of protein. My my plate had the same amount of calories. And you just have to realize at the end of the day that we're all in this trying to be healthy, but we're not doing carbon copies. You got to, and, and that's, that's my philosophy. Do what works for you. Do whatever works for you. If that means that you need to buy the cheaper bean and not get the gourmet bean, they're both beans at the end of the day. Hello. You're, Mm -hmm. you're getting your protein. You know what I mean? And never feel intimidated to copy someone or to spend, you know, all of the money you have in the bank just to, to make something that, that looks good that you saw on Instagram. And I, I mentioned Instagram, I mentioned Instagram because for me, it was a sore spot for me because I would look at it and be like, my meals don't look like this. My meals don't look like this. But at the end of the day, I was eating. I was still thriving. I was still healthy. So do whatever works for you and never let anyone intimidate you. Yes, 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 yes. Love it. I feel like that too. Absolutely. And then I feel like it's important because sometimes people aren't even willing to try because they get intimidated by Instagram. You know, people who are brand new, they're seeing all these beautiful pictures and there they feel go. like the and they see recipes that look complicated and right. ingredients they've never seen yeah. before. Right. So just baby step your way into figuring out what works. Mm-hmm. And then it, it'll take some time, but it's worth it. Absolutely. And might I mention, I really uh-huh. like your recipes lately. They're very simple and straightforward. And mm. I think, yeah, I think I think you're onto something there because they look like something that I could really enjoy without feeling intimidated. And there's there's nothing wrong with, you know, the the tasty videos and whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes you just need someone to make to show you what it could look like without feeling intimidated. Like I'm like, oh yes. you know, the step by step, oh I think I could do it like that. Oh, I got some potatoes. I, I think I could do this. So Kudos Thank to you. you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm really working hard on that. You know, I went a while, shoot, a few years where I wasn't really making recipes and videos and things like that. But I, I know that some of, I have some oldie but goodies that people always go back to. Mm-hmm. And I realize that the stuff that I kind of just throw together are the most, <laughs> the most popular ones, the ones that, that I've yes, put it's relatable. to. Exactly. It's relatable. And so to me, it's important going forward to do a lot of that. And I still want the things because I, that's another thing, too. There's a spectrum. Like, it's OK to have that the fun stuff. And it's also OK to have the easy stuff. So right. I, I want to figure out a way to be able to do both of those, you know, on YouTube and on Instagram going forward. So thank you for that. I appreciate mm-hmm. it because I really do want to make this as approachable as possible. Because I know even sometimes, even though I've been in a game, <laughs> in a vegan game for over <laughs> 10 years, sometimes I look at stuff and I'm just like, I ain't making that. That's too much work. <laughs> so I can only imagine what a newbie feels like. And that's why right, I'm like, okay. like yeah, 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 yeah. So that's... <laughs> It's Monique hopping in to thank Ruby for sponsoring this episode of the show. So there's a few things you need to think about when you decide that you want to go vegan and cooking is one of it. It's actually a huge part of it. But don't feel discouraged if you're not cooking much now. I actually didn't cook a lot before I became vegan. But the cool thing about Ruby is that they make cooking less intimidating. 
They're the leading online culinary school that specializes in plant-based instruction, and they teach over 650,000 students worldwide. Of course, we know we can find recipes on any website, but Ruby is much different than that because they have industry-leading chef instructors that provide you with core techniques behind plant-based cooking. So you'll finish with the knowledge and the confidence to live a sustainable and delicious plant-based lifestyle. It's all about techniques and quality recipes with them. Their chef instructors provide you with personalized feedback on your assignments, and they're available for Q&A if you need additional assistance. The cool thing about Ruby is they do have different levels based on your needs. So if you're brand new to cooking, I recommend starting with the Introduction to Plant-Based Cooking course. They have lessons on stocking your pantry, knife skills, plant-based nutrition, and basic cooking methods. But if you're someone who knows your way around the kitchen, but you're not the most confident about plant-based cooking, I recommend that you try their Plant-Based Pro course. They recently updated it with over 25 hours of new content, including lessons on bread making and grilling. Whichever level you decide to choose, Ruby's Culinary School is affordable, it's 100% online for your convenience, and they offer high-quality videos and assessments. So all you need to do now is visit ruby.com slash brownvegan to learn more about their courses and also to sign up for a 14-day trial. Once again, that's ruby, R-O-U-X-B-E dot com slash brownvegan. Speaking of like, of course, we're going to, because I know you mentioned your kids a little bit ago. You had three vegan pregnancies. So girl, yes, I got to talk to you about this. Yes. About having, because I think that I told you before that I've had somebody on the show who had two vegan pregnancies, but you were the That's highest awesome. as far as <laughs> the pregnancy. So because you, of course, were a plant-based vegan when you decided to become, when you decided mm-hmm. to have children, right. of course, in your mind, I'm sure it was a no brainer, but did you have any reservations about what this will look like as far as having vegan pregnancies? Were you nervous about it or how did that look? You know, I wasn't nervous. However, and, and by the way, all three beautiful experience, healthy, beautiful babies, you know, I just gave birth several weeks back to uh, my third child, the baby boy. And I'm just so thankful to God for that beautiful experience. But I will say, I believe there is a stigma when it comes to women being pregnant and being vegan slash plant-based. And I think the stigma is the protein, like and you know that even if you're not pregnant, like they're, they're, you know, it's like, Monique, so you're vegan. Where do you get your protein? And, you know, you kind of just have to break it down. But if I did not know that I got enough protein from my food that I, that I was going to get enough, I probably wouldn't have had a plant-based pregnancy, you know. And what some people don't understand is that animals, like, are the middleman. Like, you know, most animals get their protein from plants. And I yeah. I went into my pregnancies knowing that. In fact, you know, when we consider some of the largest animals like elephants and gorillas and like horses, like they're all herbivores, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm like, I'm going to eat what they're eating and I'm going to be strong. And then I, I was also taken back the other day when I came across a study and it was comparing nutrient intake of over like 71,000 people. And I saw that vegans get 70% more protein than they need every day. Mm. That's about 70 grams plus. So if you're scared about having a vegan pregnancy because you won't get enough protein, 
there's a miss buster right there. Like you will get enough. And when you're talking about protein deficiency, it's almost always found in those who aren't consuming enough calories. So I just made sure that my pregnancy was such where I was eating enough food because if I was eating enough, then I was going to get enough of my my minerals and my vitamins. And that was one way to stay balanced. And I also made sure that I had my vitamins and my minerals. Like I, I did a liquid supplement, which was really good. And I also did that rainbow hack where I made sure that I was eating a lot of different colors. And then I was eating a lot of high protein sources like tempeh and legumes and green peas. All of that was great. And it was just amazing. And this like Monique for my third child, like I literally had like a two or three hour labor. I pushed the baby out. It was just one push. And my recovery process has been amazing. And I know for a fact it has something to do with the plants. And I'm really grateful for that. So I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yay. Congratulations mm-hmm. with the Thank new baby you. and just your life. Yes. So Thank as far as a, as a family, of course, I'm sure that you, how old is your oldest? So my oldest is seven. My baby girl. Yes. Yeah. So because you started you know, your children off with a plant-based lifestyle. How has that been for you as far as, I mean, I'm sure as far as food, you don't have the pushback because they were born into this. They probably don't know anything else at this point. But how has it been as far as, you know, socially, family, just everything? How has that been as far as any expectations as far as what your family is saying or like, how does that look for y'all? Yeah. Well, my family is very supportive. Um, yeah, very, very supportive. My parents are actually also plant-based. Nice. Yeah. I think my, you know, just growing up, I, you know, I, I, they were like, well, you know what, let's try this. And they, they stayed with the plant-based diet and it's just been a blessing. You know, sometimes it does get difficult though, when you go out to parties or you go out to social events and your children see, you know, other children eating something that they can't have. And I try to find like replacements for that. Or I'll like, if they're looking at a cookbook or see something that they can't eat, I'll be like, you know what, let's try to make a vegan version or let's veganize that or, or -hmm. let's do, you know, so they feel like, oh, I can have anything. It doesn't have to be those exact ingredients. I can make my own version and still be super happy. And you know what, even though my family is plant-based at home, a nucleus at home. I did when I met my husband, he was not plant-based. And he he ate meat. And I remember a friend coming up to me and saying, I don't think you should be interested in him because he does not eat, you know, the way you're gonna want a man eating. And at that moment, I realized that if I was gonna move forward with him, I never wanted to force him into veganism. Mm-hmm. I never wanted him to say to me, you know, I'm only eating this way because of you. I wanted it to be something that came from him. But I also realized that we were going to be spending a lot of time together. So I was like, I'm about to win this, this man over with some food. Hello, somebody. Okay. And okay. so I started putting <laughs> my foot in the meals. Like I <laughs> veganized mac and cheese. I, you know, I'd find mock meats for him to transition because I know. For me, the mock meats helped me transition. 
And I did a lot of things that I thought would kind of like win him over to this food. And we never spoke about him going vegan or anything. It was just the way we kind of ate when we were out on a date or he came over and I cooked and whatnot. One day, someone walked up to him and was like, hey, so, you know, how are things going? He's like, so what's your diet like? I don't know how they got on the topic. And he's like, oh, I'm a vegan. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's how you I do said, it. I love this girl. The moment he said that, I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. I was like, you're a who? <laughs> nice. And it's, it's been like that since. So we've just been intentional about giving our kids a head start. And, you know, thankfully, that's just the way we roll at home. And it's just been working for us just just fine. I love it. Yes, this is mm-hmm. how you do it. That's exactly mm-hmm. how you do it. Mm-hmm. Let the food speak for itself. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about YouTube because, you know, I told you I wanted to talk about this because I absolutely love your video production style. I love how crisp your videos look. I love the sound quality, Mm -hmm. all of the things. So I'm about to be nosy real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be nosy. Yeah. As somebody (laughs) who has made, like I've been thinking about, I've been on YouTube for years, right? But I have not been consistently on YouTube in probably about three of those years. Like, you know, I have not. And I'm getting back into it. And I set this intention for myself. Yeah. For 2022 that I will put out a weekly video. And I'm nervous as heck. Do yes, it. I'm so scared, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. And so I just want to know some of your behind the scenes as someone who I really love your style. Like I was actually watching some of your videos before we started recording. And so oh, I just want to know like some of those behind the scenes, because I'm sure there's other people that are listening who are thinking about making a vegan channel maybe, or they want to just do YouTube. And so, because I think you do such a great job, I want to pick your brain about it. I mean, come oh, on. That's one of the, the benefits of this job. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this job. I can ask all the questions. Okay. <laughs> so what made you decide to go on that platform? Because YouTube as we know, it's a lot of damn work. Like, yeah. what did they, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What made you decide YouTube was the Girl, place for you? It is a lot of work. And I'm just going to say it's a God thing because, you know, starting out, YouTube would seemed a little intimidating because it seems so saturated. It just seems like there's so many vegan channels and so many whatever. But it's like being in a city with a bunch of different vegan restaurants. The vegan restaurant you go to may not be the same one I go to. So I was like, you know, there may still be space for me here. So I started with one video and I said to myself, let's see where this goes. And it wasn't like it got a lot of views or anything, but I started. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. You need to start someplace. So If you're listening to this and you're considering doing a vegan slash wellness channel or something of that nature, there is space for you, honey, but you have to start. Don't let fear stand in your way. You know, fear is false evidence appearing to be real. And so you have to put your foot forward and you have to just pull the trigger and go. And so that's what I did. I, at the moment, am doing about two videos a month. My goal is to increase frequency, but for now, especially with the newborn and homeschooling at that, it's what, you know, we can handle. And I say we because my husband helps tons and he helps. Usually it's just obviously he works. So it's 
early morning, like super, super early morning or like late at night. So that's kind of the difficult part about it. He does the photography. He's really gifted in photography. And then what I do is I do the video editing, although he's picking that up as well. So it just definitely takes teamwork. Like what you see and the quality and all of that, it does start with a process. And the process is we first write, you know, I just first write, I try to think of something that the community would appreciate. And then we film. And then we go through the editing process, we publish, and then we document that, like, you know, kind of, you know, file it on the computer. And something that's really helped is the editing software. I, I really, for those crisp, that crisp look, I really like Adobe Premiere Pro. I mean, there are a lot of editing softwares, but I, I love Adobe Premiere Pro. The photography equipment that I use, we have a Canon 5D Mark IV. We've had that for several years now, and it's worked great for us for our photography and our videos. We have various tripods, and we have a gimbal that we may use every now and then. Audio equipment, we use a Rode mic. The Rode, that's like probably like $100, $150? Right. It's the boom. Wow. It's the boom. Yeah, I just have it over me when I'm talking. And where you see me sitting down, like when I do most of where I do most of my videos is actually a room that we turn into a studio. My husband got some stuff from Ikea and he built a little kitchen set over the Christmas break. And we kind of just use that. And we're just really fortunate to have had that space. But I mean, you could do it from any really. Our lighting equipment is just, honey, just some regular soft boxes, nothing fancy, just some regular soft boxes that aren't quite great quality. They'd be falling down sometimes, but they were affordable. And, you know, when we started out, that's what we had and we're still using them. And then I, I, we do include a few LED lights and a ring light. So as far as your, your scripting, because I want to do more, that's one of the things I want to do more of is mm-hmm. I usually do cooking videos, but I want to do more vlog style videos with tips. And so as far as your scripting, are you typically doing bullet points? Like, how are you coming up with what you want to talk about? Because I'm somebody who tends to ramble a whole lot. <laughs> and even right. when I write my, my bullet points, I feel like I'm still going on a tangent. So what do you do to stay concise? Because I do like that about your videos. So I think, you know, it's it's so funny how when you see something, it looks like so flawless. But girl, that thing's been edited. I don't know how many times. OK, good to know. Because I'll be like, that's it. OK, just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. I no, girl, I ramble. I ramble. <laughs> okay. So, so and it's funny. And, you know, rambling is to your advantage because you could ramble and then just cut where you want and then just use what you got. But what I do is before I, you know, I come up with an idea and then I make like a storyboard. So on one side, I have my my video shots that I want. And then on the other side, I have kind of like the talking points that would go with each of those shots. So that's something that I would do for like a what I eat in a day video for a more educational video, like my latest video that I just came out with for tips for how to have a healthy vegan slash plant based pregnancy. In fact. I, it was easy because you have sections and like, I probably had like seven sections. I'm like, I'm going to talk about vitamins, minerals. I'm going to talk about protein here. I'm going to talk about calories here. And then, you know, I'll, I'll write some bullet points. But if I feel that it's a very important concept that I have to get down, I'll write like a couple of sentences word for word. So I don't lose the people. I think it's very important that you're clear. So if you have to write something word for word, do that. 
I mean, you if some people do the entire script like that, some people don't. I do a mix. I find that works for me. You're less robotic. I think it's less robotic when it's like that, when it's a combination. Because I, I always want to sound conversational. I don't want to sound like I'm reading. So I think that that's good. That's a good mix. Yeah, it's it, it definitely is a good mix. And of course, it takes time. You know, you do some practice. When I kind of first started out, I felt like I like I had to stick to my paper a little bit more. But then, you know, if you when you continue to practice and then when you really I was like, I'm not trying to imp- like <laughs> it really goes down to just being comfortable in your own skin. Like if you mess up or something, I find that some people might like you even more because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. she's relatable. You know, she's not just like. She's not polished and fake. You know, she's a true person. You do, you do what you can, but the bullet points are great. And if you have some points that you really need to nail down and you're like, you know what? I don't want to lose anyone. I need to make sure this comes across really well. Like if you're talking about some stats or something or an idea that's not necessarily yours or a quote or whatever it is, then, then read it. You got to read it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. About your YouTube. So. Melissa, before we wrap up, let us know how we can follow you on social media, how we can support you, whatever you want us to do, your YouTube channel, whatever you want to tell us to do. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. So, you know, I do have a website. If you need some more information on how to make this diet work for you, you could visit me at choosingmyhealth.com. We have tons of great information there. And I also offer a freebie for newbies who are trying to get into the game. It's called Game Changers. So you could find that at choosingmyhealth.com slash game changers, or you could just simply go to choosingmyhealth.com and click on freebie and you could get it that way. Um, on Instagram, you could find me at choosingmyhealth. On YouTube, you could find me at Choosing My Health. So it's kind of like Choosing My Health all yes, around. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love when it's just e- make it easy for people to find you. <laughs> yes. And thankfully, those handles were available because sometimes you kind of want it to all be, you know, one name, but it doesn't always work like that. But we're thankful that it did. So yes, Choosing My Health. <laughs> yes. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. It was such a pleasure. And I look forward to connecting with you in other ways in the future. Oh. Oh, so, so honored to be here, Monique. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing for all of us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers.